0: From Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, I'm Kim Anderson, and I'm Zach Ireland, and this is Behind Closed Doors. Before October of last year, students at BYU who were sexually assaulted could be disciplined by the honor code office. Stories of women who were investigated and then kicked out of school caused a national uproar. To me, these young women and their stories told me that this university enforced a culture of shame and self-blame where rape was just as offensive as wearing short shorts or drinking coffee. I heard so many stories about young women being punished for doing absolutely nothing wrong. And... When we think of these rape cases, we often think about men assaulting women. But cases of sexual assault here at BYU have existed within the LGBT community, too. And I admire the courage and strength that our next guest has because he's been through something that no one ever should have to go through.
1: You come back from a mission uh, where the whole time you're you're with somebody else. And um, so, like you know, you have this like symbiotic relationship and then all of a sudden you're thrust into this world where you're like walking by yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you see all of your heterosexual classmates and peers, Mm -hmm. um, start to get into these relationships where, uh, you know, they find people that they connect with and that they're able to romantically, um, be with and, you know, to see that and like to think, oh, well, I probably won't get to have that. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of when I really realized that like all my friends started dating and, I was kind of left in the dust and I was like, okay, well, we need to figure out what's going on here. And so at the time I felt very lonely and I definitely isolated myself a lot. Um, and so I kind of just turned to dating where I kind of came to a place within myself where I was like, you know, I think I do want to try, uh, you know, dating boys and see how that would go for me. So I was, um, drugged on this date basically. And then, um, taken advantage of who did you turn to? um, I honestly didn't really have like a lot of people that I felt like I could turn to. I ended up just dropping out of school. Really? And uh, what I did was I worked like 60 hours a week. I I worked two jobs. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just held that within myself. Uh, But work became a place where it was very affirming. It's not like BYU. So it's, um, you know, more queer friendly and a lot more um, progressive environment, I guess I would say. And so um just over the course of like working for like a month or so I just like I couldn't keep I keep it in but being in that situation um you know, like it put me in a place where like I couldn't keep that in anymore, and um. But like I'd always mention things that were kind of in passing. Like I, w- I wouldn't say the full story. I would just kind of like leave like little truths because like the full thing was just too much to kind of mentally process. Right. Uh. But when I was honest and I was like, okay, and um. Probably like the third person that I ended up telling that you know I was like this is an event that happened, was because I couldn't I couldn't work like that day at work. I I'm, you know I'm on the phones all day, mm-hmm. and I couldn't pretend like. Uh, I couldn't pretend like everything was okay and I was just crying and, um, people thought it was because, oh, well, like he just can't handle being on the phones, which no, that's not a thing. Like I've been in customer service for three years. It's, uh, something I'm good at. And I talked to my boss and she's like, well, what's going on? And I was like, um, so I had this event happen to me and I can't move past what's happened there. I am also currently facing, um, having to meet with a school about it because, uh, You know, I had mentioned to an advisor, I think, like the week before, I was like, this is why I dropped out of school and I just can't do it. And they're like, well, all of the, you know, any kind of um, mention of sexual misconduct or like a violation of, uh, you know, like a physical violation or like, you know, sexual harassment, sexual assault, uh, they do take seriously and are required by law to report it to the Title IX office. And so um, my advisor did say that, unfortunately, I would have to reach out to them or that she would tell them to get in touch with me. Um what was
0: going through your head when she said that?
1: I was just like what what does that even mean? Like at the time I um I wasn't too freaked out about it. I was like worried that I could get in trouble but like I just like honestly I pushed the whole thing out of my mind. I mean like it's still something that's like really hard to talk about but um You know, I think it's important that people are aware of things that kind of happen behind closed doors and, you know, kind of what goes on at like a, you know, happy university, the Lord's University, and just kind of like a place that's supposed to be safe. I think the unfortunate thing is that because we have this uh, culture that really shames... uh, you know homosexuality and dating mm-hmm. that it's unfortunately forced everyone kind of like you know like rats or like cockroaches into the dark and when you flip on the lights like they all scatter but um it's made everybody become anonymous and really just like disgusting and vulgar and like nobody's really looking for these fulfilling relationships right. and so unfortunately you have people who are looking for like you know like the the homosexual version of like the eternal companion and then you have other people who are kind of just out there to kind of like prey on that and right. it really sucks
0: so when did you eventually go back to school?
1: It wasn't until the following fall.
0: Okay, and so they didn't discipline you though regarding no, that. So
1: regarding that, I wasn't disciplined. Okay, which um, felt really luck. I felt really lucky. But part of why I just couldn't, I felt like I couldn't come back, and I was scared to come back, was when I met with the Title IX office. I told them, uh, you know, at the time. I wasn't sure of how the system worked and like there was all this stuff about the media going on and I felt like I was being blamed for it. I was like, I don't know why they need to talk to me, but they need to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was in trouble. Um, and I mean, they it, like looking back, they were trying to be helpful, but they were asking, well, like, was it a BYU student? Was it a BYU student? Like what happened? And I was just like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I'm not ready to talk about what happened. And they were okay with that. But at the end of the conversation, it was kind of like, well, when you come back, this is a conversation we need to finish. And so at the time, I was worried, had I returned to BYU, if that conversation would be forward to the honor code office or not. And if I was like, if I would have the mental capacity or like the emotional capacity to actually go through that.
0: I know that they have the whole amnesty clause now, but how do you feel like is the most appropriate way for the honor code office to address sexual assault?
1: Um, I honestly think that they just need to like mind their own business, to be honest. Uh, I think that the best way to handle it is to let somebody who's consecrated, who's set apart as, you know, a spiritual leader to kind of handle that situation because it's something that's very sensitive. And the more people you involve in that process, it just becomes more and more painful to have to talk to another person.
0: Yeah. The most frustrating part for me is I just get a ton of people who are like, well, you know, if you live the principles of the gospel, if you follow Uh, the honor code, and if you actually do what you sign up for, then... This really wouldn't be a problem, but it's just like... It's like bullying. It's like, uh, if you don't like it, you can leave. It's like, no,
1: um, there are problems with it. And like I agreed to be an honorable and respectable person, but at the same time, if there's like fundamental flaws in the way the university works, they should address that as well. Um, otherwise, you know, things are never going to improve.
0: How has this affected your life? I just want to ask you in general. <laughs> it's one thing to be a victim of rape, the emotional mm-hmm. and psychological effects... I'm sure are painful enough, um, mm-hmm. but how has this affected you in your education and in your potential career going forward?
1: Um That's honestly not even super fun talking about. Like we're talking like it's been a year, and I still have days where I can't get out of bed.
0: That's really interesting that and that is such I a sore topic.
1: Yeah, I'm like scared. you're comfortable.
0: You're comfortable talking about the whole situation and you actually physically getting assaulted and raped. But the sore topic for you is your future and your education.
1: It's almost because uh, it's just that I feel like I can't have that, or like I feel like um, so I'm where allowing. Are
0: you, where are you now in your education?
1: I am about halfway through. Okay, but and you're pursuing it. I'm. I'm trying to, but it's just honestly, you feel like you are not living up to your potential and you're you're basically like complaining or you're like allowing yourself to drag your feet over something that you know has already gone and passed but what is unhelpful is that through that whole process where I was scared is the school going to find out like what's going to happen there t- I'm talking to like 10 different people um is it I felt like I was blamed for it I'm like I shouldn't have to be like hiding about this like I should be able to be like hey this sec like, happened to me like where do I go for help not like I shouldn't have to be scared mm-hmm. of like seeking that help but because of that whole experience that I went through with, you know, not really being able to talk to anybody at the university, not being able to talk to friends who were, you know, uh, students at the university. It kind of put all of the like weight of the blame of what happened to me mm-hmm. uh, on my shoulders, and I was forced
0: to carry that. I can't imagine what it would be like having to be terrified of talking to someone about it or reporting it. So I guess you kind of slid under the rug... But yeah. but you still live in a legitimate fear. Yeah. But I, I guess my question is, what would what advice would you give to those students who are kind of living mm-hmm. in that fear right now?
1: Well, first off, know that there are people that care about you and that there's always hope. I remember um, just like waking up that next morning and I was like, I don't think I have this strength. Like, I do not want to suffer the indignity of having to put my life back together at this time. Uh, so just know that like, you know, it's like you need to just lay down and like, if that, if you lay down and you don't get up for like a solid month that you're okay. What's really great is I have talked with, um, one of the current, uh, title nine deputies about my experience because i I found that I was struggling in school and I couldn't move on and I needed to put this past me. And so, um, after the changes that the school made, uh, I went, I actually did go in and finish that conversation I had with the title nine and, um, it was, they're there to help you. And um, I even remember him saying that, like, you know, after all that they've been through, that they're trying to really understand the situation and that, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing before. It doesn't matter if you've consented to sex before. It doesn't matter, you know, what was going on at the time that they keep that information private and that they are only there to help you to get kind of back on your feet and to continue the education that you came here to start.
0: What did you think? The conversation continues on Twitter at BCD Series.